If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Make that happen. I didn't try to be that for her. It was instinct as her dad. When they hear the distress call of a child, Daddy, I immediately want to be there. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there at that moment. Because that's the Father's instinct for us. Listen, look at what Jesus says in John 17, 6. He's talking to His Father and He says, I have manifested your name. Now that's an awesome thing. I have manifested your name. So what name is Jesus talking about here? What name is Jesus? What name has he manifested to his disciples? Well, it can't be Elohim. Elohim was first seen in Genesis chapter one. It can't be uh, Jehovah. Jehovah first appears in Genesis chapter two. It's not El Shaddai. That first appears in Genesis seventeen, where God appeared to Abram. Remember, and he said, yeah, I am almighty God, walk before me and be perfect. Almighty mean El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. The mighty God. Jesus manifested the name of the Father to us. And Elohim, I love all the names of God. I love reading about the names of God, and I've studied on those things, and we've talked about the names of God, eight covenant names, Jehovah, all the Jehovah names, Jehovah Jireh, Shama, uh, Rohi, Rapha, Tzidkanu. That's my, one of my favorite ones. There's lots of them. But all of those are really attributes of God, who He is, because they all mean something different. Provision, the God who sees, the, our healer, our righteousness. But our banner. But Jesus is showing us, He says, I have shown them your name. As a matter of fact, I've given them the name that kind of sums up all of those other names. See, when you get the Father, you get all those names. All right? You get everything in Him. And Jesus said, that's the name that I have manifested to you. My, My kids, they knew me as daddy long before they knew me as Pastor Eric. As a matter of fact, I don't think they've ever even called me Pastor Eric to this day, which I wouldn't expect them to. I'm, you know, uh, We moved Maddie into Christ for the Nations yesterday. Wow, what a day that was. Moved her. I mean, this has been a landmark week already for, for Heather and I because yesterday we moved Maddie into school, and then today we celebrated 20 years of being married. So it's like back-to-back. It's official. She needs your prayer. (laughs) Continually. Daily. Hourly. But when I dropped her off there and we were kind of walking around the campus, Maddie looks at me and she says, so do I have to call Papa Dr. Holler now? And I said, "Ah, that's between you and him. And I know my dad, I know he'd be right content with her just calling him Papa still. I don't think he'd have any problem with that. You and I, listen to me, we've now been given the right. See, not everybody on that campus has the right to call my dad Papa. 
Right? He's the director. He's Dr. All. But Maddie Claire, she walks out there and she says, Papa, well, he, he can't help himself. He's not, he's not going to rebuke her for that. It's Dr. Holler, grandchild. Get it right. Understand my position. Right? It's ludicrous. We now have the right, ladies and gentlemen, to call this star-breathing God the God who was before all time and the God who will exceed all time to call him the creator of all things, the Lord of glory, mighty Father. The Scripture says we have the right to do it. Jump over to John 1 right quick. I know we're studying Romans. I, I, I know where we are. John chapter 1. We've got to see it. Verse 12. Look at this. Now watch. But as many as received him, received who? That's a good answer. You're a good class. It's a safe answer. It's capital H. I mean, come on. It's even giving you a big hint here. Him, Jesus. To them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. So faith is what happened when you got in faith, you got all the rights in the kingdom of God. You got all the rights in the family of God. You got the right to call him. Now, this is not the, this word right, and I think the King James Version uh, says to them he gave the power. Now, there are two dominant words for power in the New Testament, one being the word dunamis. We know what that means. It's the right now power to act. It's the ability, right? That's not what that word is. It's not what that word is. He didn't give us the ability to become the sons of God through some good means on our part. If we'll toe the line and we'll keep things right and keep our nose clean, then, then we'll be able to be labeled the sons of God. No, this is the word exousia. It means we have the authority, the power to choose to be the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. As I've said, faith brings you right into all the good things of God. We saw it over and over. Before God had actually opened the door to us Gentiles, there were these little hints of God's ultimate plan for all mankind. As, as in, even in Jesus' ministry, those who didn't have a right to have those things got those things because they believed him. Just one little instance. I've talked to you about this before, but you need to hear it again tonight. The woman who had the daughter, and she came down and she worshiped him, and she said, Jesus, come and heal my daughter. Uh, She's severely demon-possessed. Now, I mean, demon-possession is severe as it is, isn't it? But when you're severely demon-possessed, you need help. And she comes and she worships him, and the Scripture says Jesus didn't answer her. He didn't answer her, as, as uh, T.D. Jake says, he answered her not a word. That's my best, I'm sorry. Can't say it like he can. He answered her not a word. Kept on walking. And then so she started bugging the disciples, please get the master to stop. And they said, please do something with this woman, Jesus. And then he said, it's not good that I take the children's bread and cast it to the little dogs. It's not good or it's not right that I do this. Was Jesus telling the truth? Was Jesus telling the truth? If he said it wasn't good, then guess what? At that moment, it's not good. Because he said, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and healing is the children's bread. Not, not those dogly Gentiles. And she said, true, Lord. But the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. What a, what a beautiful faith. What a persistence. 
Even after she's heard, it's not good that I give this to you. It's not right. Faith said something else, didn't it? And it went from it not being good to Jesus saying, woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you whatever you desire. How did that happen? Faith brought her from the outside, the stranger to the covenants of promise, right into it's my right now. And Jesus had to honor that, didn't he? Because faith to God is righteousness. When he saw her in faith, he saw righteousness. He saw her at right standing with God. Nothing impure, nothing wrong. She's totally holy. She's totally deserving. Ah, okay. I don't, that excites me, obviously, way more than it does you. That really is amazing to me. All right. And watch. He said, I have manifested, John chapter 17, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave to me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now jump down to verse 11 of John 17. Look at this. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. So here's Jesus saying, I'm about to be out of here. So how is Jesus now going to watch over his guys? How is he going to be there for them? How is he going to protect them? And, 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 and he's leaving. This is how. Holy Father, keep through your name. Wow. Keep through your name those whom you have given me. You see what I'm talking about? This protection that's in the name of the Father. This is powerful. The word keep there means a watch or to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eye upon, to hold fast, to serve, to watch. This is glorious. This is what your Father's doing for you. This is what when you say, Abba, Father, you get Him looking at you, watching over you, keeping His eye on you, providing for you, protecting you, blessing you. Verse, he says, to those whom you have given me that they may be one as we are. Verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them. That's what he says. I kept them where? In your name. Because your name is where they need to be. Your name is everything to them. I kept them in your name. So in other words, when Jesus would, would teach them about the Father and he would talk about the Father, it's like the disciples were getting this sense of God's love for them. Hearing this relationship, this this potential that they had with God. It's not just about discipleship. This is about being sons. And those two things are different, ladies and gentlemen. Discipleship is not the pinnacle. Sonship is the pinnacle. Hallelujah. Being his children. Taught them things like, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He said things like this, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? If you've got good intentions for your children and you're faulty, how about this perfect, good, and holy God? Where do you think you got that instinct from? Where do you think you got the desire to be good to your children from? Amen. The spirit of the new covenant is, is known in this cry, Abba, Father. 
there was a recent study that was done at Cambridge, Cambridge University, and um, it revealed more than 80% of crimes that are committed by teenagers are committed by teenagers who have no dad influence in their life. 80%. And so many of those who are in the ages between 13 and 35, even now, most of them at this point have come from a broken home, divorced home, or a home where no, there's no father present. And I'm not saying these things to discourage you about the future of our, of our country. And uh, um, I, Really, what I'm, what I'm wanting to do tonight is to help compel you to simply show Him the Father, to do what Jesus did. Because yeah. that's where everything is. It's in Him. Yeah. We reveal the Father to them, not their sin. Huh? We reveal the Father to them, not their sin. Come on, I need a better amen than that. I said we reveal the Father to them, not their sin. Okay? Because here's the thing about our Father. The Scripture says He's a Father to the fatherless. He will not leave the orphan abandoned. Glory to God. He's a very present help in our times of trouble. This is the Father the world needs to know about. He knows everything we need before we even ask Him. That's what Jesus taught us about Him. Jesus said the Father sees every sparrow that falls to the ground. He clothes the grass of the field and the trees and the birds of the air. He, he, he takes care of all of them. And how do you not see yourself? Do you understand you're more valuable than all of God's creation? You're the most valuable why would you worry about one thing when Abba Father is a name that you can call on? Yeah. Hallelujah. Because he'll never overlook you. Thank God. Verse 16 of Romans 8. We've got to keep moving. Sorry. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you are much more valuable than a sparrow. Well, you know, because it's kind of, it, it's hard to talk about things like that these days. That, that, that Everybody's kind of put everything on, on an equal scale, right? Have I mean, you ever seen that Sarah McLaughlin commercial with the dogs? All these sad faces. I will remember you. Like, these are dogs, right? You know, okay, they're. Still children starving in the world. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. You still love me? Okay. All right. This, the, verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Just in case you want a confirmation that the Holy Spirit sent. Yeah, it's true. Okay. All right. Let's go down to verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. What's creation waiting for? It's waiting for the day when our full salvation is known. We know it in the Spirit. And we're working out in our minds right now. But this body, man, it needs help. Man, it needs help bad. That tongue, it needs help. Right? 
this tongue that is going to worship him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever is having a hard time training for that day. Huh? It doesn't want to do that right now. It wants to badmouth people. It wants to please itself. It wants to talk negatively. It wants to bring everybody in the house down. Look, creation's looking for the revealing of the sons of God. Watch, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. Not willingly. In other words, Adam sinned, but man, he did not like the consequences. He did not like the death that came with that sin, even though God told him that's what was going to happen. Look, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. That, it's saying that God subjected creation to futility or frailty in hope. Now, wow, okay, because all that Adam heard, all that Adam heard was, if you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Where's the hope in that? I mean, there's, at that point, that's all Adam knows. He's not been told, but don't worry, my son's going to down a cross someday, so just in case. No, he, he didn't get that message yet. All Adam got was, if you eat of the tree, you're going to die. And this says that he, God, the Father, he subjected creation to futility in hope. How did that happen? I, I, had to, I, I just parked there for a little while. I had to go, okay, God, where was the hope in that? All we heard was, this is going to happen and it's going to go really bad. And then when God shows up and he catches them red-handed, fruit-handed, Eve and Adam and the serpent. And he begins to talk to them about the consequences of their actions. And he starts off telling the man, because you listened to your wife, because here's the thing, she said, he said, well, the woman that you gave me, he said, well, because you listened to her, this is what's going to happen. Curse is the ground for your sake. Thorns and briars and thistles are going to come up, and your existence is going to be very difficult now. It's going to be very difficult for you to make a living now. You had all of this, but sin brought this, frailty, futility. And then he told her she was going to have trouble in birth. But then he turned over to, and, and that Adam would lord over her. And then, he, and then he said to the serpent, I'm going to put enmity or hatred between your seed and her seed. And he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Oh, there's the hope. The hope wasn't known until that very moment. But I want you to jump over to Ephesians just right quick. I'm almost through for tonight, okay? Can you stick with me? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Just as He chose us in Him. When? Before the foundation of the world. See, God already had hope in mind. Now, this is what boggles my mind. He already had it figured out that just in case Adam eats of that tree, I need to have a plan. So he chose us in Jesus, wow, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, where? In love. Okay, all right. Wow. You need to be holy and you need to be without blame. That's not what that's saying. 
just as he chose us in before the foundation, that we should be. Because he chose us before the, in him before the foundation of the world, this should be is the result of that. We would be found holy and blameless in love. Because here's the thing about love. When you're in love, there ain't no wrong. Let me say that again. I said, when you're in love, there ain't no wrong. It was the law that showed the wrong. It was the law where Saul, Saul of Tarsus, Paul, said that the law came, sin revived, and I died. So we're not holy and blameless before him by keeping the law, no. We're holy and blameless before him because God don't see any bad in us. He looks at us, he goes, you're just perfect. He saw that before the foundation of the world. He saw you perfect because he loved you. I said, God loves you tonight. God loves you so much. How much does he love me? I said, God loves you so much. He loves you so much that he chose you in love. Unconditionally. Before the world was ever here, he chose to love you. And this is what that means. The scripture says love covers a multitude of sins. Perfect love casts out all fear. That's why we don't have the spirit of bondage again to fear. No, we're not in law. We're in love. Love never, wow. So as long as love is, you're holy and you're blameless. As long as love lasts, so does your holiness and your blamelessness. Oh, this same love, it also bears all things. This love believes all things. Isn't that a little bit gullible? <laughs> you didn't, you're just so full of love, you'd believe anybody. Love believes all things. Think about that for a moment. That is, it's, it never assumes somebody's lying to him. It believes that they're telling them the truth. All right. I heard some brakes squeak a little bit. I'm just saying, that's what the Bible says. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things, which means there is nobody outside of the scope of God's love ever, 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 ever. Nobody's too far gone. Nobody's sinned out of his love. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. See, that's why you could get back up again and keep going even after you failed, even after you missed the mark, even after you lost it. You could get back up because love endures all things. That's how much we're loved. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. This is why heaven is a secure place. Now, I don't know about you. I think about heaven sometimes, and I used to think about it so long that it would make me freak out. When you try to start imagining eternity and then you start feeling all weird, like, okay, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I want to do that. I, I, don't, I don't, you mean it never ends? This mind can't get it. It just can't understand it. 
right? It's staggering. It really is. I think we're going to live on and on and on, and God's, God's going to continue to unfold the riches of His grace. I mean, you just think, will we ever get bored? Am I the only one that thinks like this? Huh? What are we going to do forever? That freaks me out. We're going to be loved forever. That's what's going to happen. We're going to be loved and loved and loved and loved. And lo oh. That's how he chose us. Having predestined us to adoption, verse 5, and I'll finish with this verse. Having predestined us to adoption as what? Sons by Jesus Christ. Wow, to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Oh, you know what that verse is saying? God had a family in mind, and he wanted you in that family. Amen. And you know why he did? Because it gave him pleasure. Yeah. Right. Just because you, you being here is God's pleasure. Yeah. Amen. It might not have been your parents' pleasure. They might not have been expecting you. Things happen. God said, welcome to the family. God says, welcome to the family. I'll take you. I knew you before you ever got here. Don't worry about how you got here. You're here. Amen. It gave him pleasure. Now, so now, now I want to say something to you, uh, a little, maybe a little bit on the theological side. Having predestined us. Don't let those words freak you out. You're not predestined until you're in Jesus. That's what this whole thing is saying. He chose us in Him. Matter of fact, He chose the entire world in Jesus. All right? He didn't choose just a select few. God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto Himself. So God has not predestined. You are bound for damnation forever. You, yeah, you can come to heaven. That's malarkey. All right? God so loved the world that he gave the, listen to me, he gave the world Jesus, but guess what else happened? He gave, he gave Jesus to the world, but the other thing happened too, he gave the world to Jesus. He earned every soul of man. Okay. And it's in him. According to good pleasure of His will. He chose us in love. And now all He says for us to respond to that is to choose Him. And that's what, that's what Jesus was saying. To them, as many as received Him, to them He gave the power to choose to become the sons of God. As many as believe on Him. Father, thank You tonight for Your wonderful Word. Thank You, Father, that we have this name, Abba, Father, that we can call upon you. It's the cry of our spirit, Lord. Crying out, Abba, Father. Crying out, we are sons of God. Hallelujah. We, we understand that that is true in the spirit. Lord, help us to live our lives in such a way that we live as sons, not as slaves, not as servants, not because we have to, not because we need to, not because we should, but because we're sons. Because we belong to you, and in you we have every good thing. James wrote it out like this. Don't err. Don't make a mistake. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above 
and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. All we can do is daily walk by faith in this amazing grace to believe that you love us this much, to believe your word is true, to, to believe that your promises are to be realized in our lives, that you have healed us, you have delivered us, you have blessed us, you have called us. You have enriched our lives with every good thing. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who made all of this possible. Thank you that right now you see everybody in this room, Father, and you're pleased at what you see. Because you see sons, you see children. You're not looking at faults. You're helping faults. That's why we have the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weaknesses. This is not what you're glaring at. You're looking at sons. Help us to see the Father above any other hindrance in our life. Let there be nothing between our gaze and your gaze. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I love you guys very much. You've been a good class tonight. We'll see you on uh, Sunday. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.